Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I'm your host, Joanne Crone, here with the wonderful and amazing Brie Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? Okay, so I'm super excited about discussing this topic because it's coming up a lot with our balance members and the stress of the holidays. It's not so much dealing with your own immediate family, but the expectations of your extended family. Oh, that can be a lot. And I think it also depends on like how much extended family do you have and where do you have to go? Like I have 15 extended family members just here in town. And to me, that's a lot because I grew up not having extended family nearby. It is a lot. And then balancing in-laws versus your own parents, that's another big, big thing to go through. I know I can think of one balance member in particular who has a very contentious relationship with her in-laws and it just brings her so much stress and she feels disrespected. And that's not something that you want in your holidays. No, no. It's not something you want in your life. You don't, you want to feel that there is mutual respect and that you are heard, respected. I already said respect. So sorry, I'm saying that twice like respected and also loved and supported. Love. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we wanted to record this episode to give you a game plan for how to tackle these issues because you're not going to tackle them alone. You're going to tackle them with your partner. And for that to happen, certain conversations need to happen before you get into those events. So that's what we're talking about today. Let's get on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Okay, so let's talk about all the holiday stresses that really exist when we bring extended family into the mix, because we all play roles in our life and we kind of switch on these roles. We switch from boss to mother to daughter. And when we're in the extended family holiday thing, those roles collide. Suddenly you're the daughter-in-law, you're the daughter, you're the sister, you're the mother, you're everything. And a lot of what I've seen, I used to go into a different mode around my family, like my mom and my dad, versus the mode I'm in around my kids and my husband. Did you ever, do you do that? Did you notice anything like that, Brie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you bring this up because just recently I was, I, I forget what conversation I was having with my kids and my daughter said something to the effect of, Grammy definitely still mothers you, mom, and you're 45. And I'm, or am I 45? I don't know. Well, 44. Yeah, 44. <laughs> we all forget. No one ever asks us anymore our age. So we forget. Yeah. Once you pass 30, I don't think you really keep track that much anymore. But anyway, so like she was like, yeah, Grammy still totally mothers you when you're over there. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know. And it's just, it's, you kind of fall into that. And it's funny you said that because when you first put that point up here on our outline for our episode about discussing the different roles we play, I'm like, what do you mean? And then I'm like, oh yeah, nothing highlights that more than when I get together with my family. The fact that I am the youngest child, I am the youngest sibling. And that I do a lot of times just let go of the mothering aspect of it. I am a part-time mama when I'm around my family because I get treated like the baby. 
Really? That's oh my God, yes. At this age, I'm still the baby. I think I just kind of like reserve myself to like, that's what I am. I don't know if I'm ever going to change. Are you okay with that rule? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's limited responsibility. Who gets asked just to bring a pie to Thanksgiving Why everybody <laughs> else cooks like turkeys and sides and I'm... Like with me, they pretty much only turn to breeder like, okay, what cocktails and desserts are you bringing? Because that's what your forte is. <laughs> Plus, that's a good forte. I can't screw anything up if that's all I'm bringing. <laughs> like, oh, it's not a big deal if it's only the the cocktail that didn't make it. When the turkey doesn't come, it's kind of a big deal. So I don't know. That that's a whole nother conversation to to have on the therapy couch. Well, that's what got us into like a huge fight with me and my sister is because I have been the bossy older sister for as long. And I hate that word bossy, but honestly, the way I was treating her, I was, uh, it was not good. It was like, uh, I know best and like, what are you doing? And you should really be doing it this way. Nothing I would suggest to ever parent like, that's not how I parent. That's not how I teach nothing. It only existed in this limited scenario because that's what the relationship was with us as kids. Like, oh, do it this way. And then she'd be like, no, and throw stuff at me. I, it was deservedly so. But that was still happening as an adult. And that's one of the reasons she got so mad at me and didn't talk to me for three months is because she just felt, and I, and I say, didn't talk to me for three months, like a shove it under the rug. It was a very stressful experience. That was just last year. <laughs> yep, I just don't want to talk about it. Uh, and, um, but during that time, I did realize that dynamic was happening. And I have been very cognizant every time I am around her not to go into that dynamic, to instead treat her like I would my daughter even. My daughter, I'm very like, oh my gosh, this is amazing what you've done. I'm so proud of you. You've done such a good job. That's kind of the mentality I'm going for with my sister because that is actually what she wants out of me as an older sister, which I have not given to her. Instead, I've bossed her around and told her what to do. Uh, so I will say that like, I don't get a whole lot of bossing. I'll ask, what do you guys want me to do? And yeah. if I have a problem with it, I'll say something, but I do tend to defer to whatever I'm, I'm, whatever role I'm being. Again, that's where I feel like I'm falling mm -hmm. into the youngest sibling and the daughter mode of just tell me what you want. And if I can do it, I will do it. Yeah. So, and, but like that, that conflict in what she wanted her role to change. Uh -huh. And I kept treating her like that role that brought a lot into our holidays. And usually at the end of our holidays, I mean, it wasn't rare for her to storm out of my parents' house, slam the door and drive off because she was so mad at all of us. We all did that. Me, my mom, and my dad, all of us. Um, and I cop up to that totally. It was happening. It was not in her mind. But that's the sort of things that go on when you bring families together. All of this history comes into the holidays that may be unresolved. And if people aren't aware of it, or if you're not willing to change it, it, it'll keep manifesting. It's like Christmas being Groundhog's Day for like every stressful family scenario. It's insanity Christmas or insanity holidays because you're not changing anything, but you're expecting the results to change. So you're doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, and that's just not going to happen. There are things, and that's why we're here to tell you, there are things you can do. There are things that can happen. I mean, with that holiday stress too, there also is all of these things on your plate. And so highly recommend if you haven't listened to Tuesday's episode yet, the episode right before this, if you're listening later, 
go listen to that because we talk about the overcommitment in the holidays. So this is just the second piece of it, the relationship issues during the holidays. Yeah, like like that that last one, we told you how to figure out how to get some of that mental load off. Now we're going to tell you how to handle the extended family part of it (laughs) and all that that brings. Yes. Now going into those roles, it's not just your role, it's your partner's role as well. Yep. Because your partner may be in a role where they just let their mom tell them exactly what to do. And they let their mom be in everything of their lives and control it. And this is not my scenario whatsoever. I'm using someone else's scenario like that. Because when you have that, when you have a partner who does not say no to their parents, that produces a lot of stress as well, because you even have less control over that than you do over your own family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's that whole, what do I say? Where do I go? And it does also, I think, comes back to that whole, I'm not, now it's not only me not feeling respected by the person that is possibly diminishing my role. Now I'm feeling like my partner doesn't support me. And they want me to just go along with something that that hurts me. It's like you said in the last episode, stop right there. That really hurts. Yeah. You're standing there by yourself against what feels like an army of people and you're by yourself. So that's, that's hard. Yeah. And you cannot go against your in-laws by yourself. You cannot be expected to go against your in-laws by yourself. When our partners have trouble with boundaries against their own family, it does affect you. And that's even greater, like a greater push to get on that same page and to really come at it as a united front, because Some boundaries could look like, I mean, you might hear this from your spouse or your partner that, oh, that's just the way she is. And it's kind of brushed to the side, your feelings. That's just the way she is. She'll never change. It's going to be much easier just to say yes to her. You mean like the the comedic uh, racist grandma in every movie? (laughs) (laughs) That's just the way they are. Just say yes and go along when the... This person's behavior is causing so much stress for everybody else around them. I mean, that's a signal that your partner has a trouble with boundaries and their parents Um, and how that's fixed. Well, we're going to get into it right after this break. I've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs even on busy mornings. And oh my gosh, has it been busy lately. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day every day. And it makes me feel energized. Even like I still add the coffee on there because I like it a lot. AG1 tastes really good too. And I enjoy my glass every single morning. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilled Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. 
The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So getting your partner on the same page when it comes to extended family is pretty difficult. We just had um, in our balance community last week, I do this Joe with Joe where every morning I'm there to give inspiration. I kind of, I bring other members on to talk. And we were talking with one of our members, Donna, who over the past few years has really improved the relationship between herself and her husband based on what she's learning in balance. She has learned how to get his feelings on a situation and get the talking and the conversation to be more two way. So not only does she feel comfortable being vulnerable with him, but he's feeling more comfortable being vulnerable with her. And so it all contributes to this whole, it's called pool of meaning, which is from a book called Crucial Conversations, where we don't know how to handle a conversation or a situation unless all of the meaning is put into the pool. So like when one partner isn't giving their opinions on whether it be the holidays, whether it be extended family members, any of that, they're withholding from the pool of meaning and you can't adequately solve a problem when that's happening. It sounds like it's like the kind of situation where it's like one person is making all the decisions for everybody Mm -hmm. and it's all being kept up in your head, which is the scary part. Because I think a lot of times when we're the only one that has everything in our head, there is no way anybody can help us at all. There isn't. There isn't. And you see so much of this on social media or like from certain like friends too, we're complaining about their partners and saying how they have to manage their partner's moods because if they don't manage their partner's moods, then it's going to be worse for them in the long run um, because their partners are going to be grumpy. Been there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so If that conversation is happening in your head, it means that your partner's not contributing to the pool of meaning, whereas their needs are somehow not getting met and it's not your fault. It is because they are not sharing them. And I think that is a huge, huge thing to get at. Because if you feel like you're managing your partner's emotions, there's something else going on there. They're an adult too. They need to share what they think because they're responsible for their own feelings. And the great news is there's a way you can help contributing to the pool. Yeah, we talk a lot about how women have these expectations on themselves in terms of everything we have to take on and emotional Mm -hmm. labor. Men also have expectations on themselves to be the providers, to be the strong ones, to not show emotion. And so 
that's a hard thing. But if we know that that's the programming we have and we know that's what our society expects from men, we can go into it being like, oh, you know, I know that this is going on. I know that you probably don't feel like you can share emotions. And they probably don't feel like they have ever been given permission to share emotions, honestly. Not by you, but by their family, growing up, by different teachers in their lives. Like, never. Never. You mean kind of like how we don't feel like we're given the permission to say, no, I'm tapped Mm -hmm. out. I'm done because we're expected to just keep holding everything because that's what makes you super mom. Yeah. And everybody wants to be super mom. Oh, yeah. super mom is awesome. Except for the fact that she's barely holding herself together. That's another, that's another episode. No, but like <laughs> it, it all, it all contributes to the situation because men have different expectations on them as well. And the patriarchy hurts everybody, men and women, because men have to be put in a little box too, where they cannot cry. They cannot say they need something. They have to be macho or they can let their feelings come out in anger, which is socially acceptable for men to do. All things that we don't want. So the first thing to do is, first of all, this holiday season's coming up. Will you please schedule a date with your partner? So schedule something fun to do, something where you guys can talk during it, something where there's like no pressure, just something fun. There is, um, my, my husband and I go out on our lunch dates every Wednesday and that's our fun thing. And that's when lots of stuff comes up, stuff going on with the kids and how to handle it, stresses that's going on in our lives. We just keep each other updated on that. So we know exactly what's going on. Um, and Brie, you, you do something very similar as well. Right. So I would say we were actually really good at doing that in the very beginning, but then we had just life. Life just got crazy and we stopped making time to talk to one another. So we ended up doing family therapy because my husband's a social worker. My degree is in psychology. So we are both huge proponents of therapy. think it's fantastic. And in our case, we were like, we know that we're not talking. We know that we're not getting that time to discuss the things we need to. So we would go to therapy. We, we, we scheduled some family therapy sessions because that's what it was about. We were having difficulty having the conversations about our blended family and what we could do going forward, which also would include our relationship between the two of us. And the thing that made it even more fun, because actually, again, we like therapy. So we enjoyed going to therapy. It was hard work when you were literally in the session, but you came out feeling so much lighter and excited because you had things you could work on that sounded like a solution you could do. Also, though, at the end of it, we would go out to dinner. That was our yeah. night. Like we'd go out to dinner, go have like a, go to tapas, whatever, just the two of us. And it, and it was, so it was extra special because I knew like after we did all that hard work at therapy, we were going to get that extra time to connect right then and there. And it was fantastic. I love it. I, we have, we're, we're not doing that at the moment, but when we need it, it's there and I love it. Yeah. And it's important too, just to get like everything out on the table, mm-hmm. be it a restaurant table. That's okay. Yeah. And I think a point too, like, cause you'd brought up about that uh, earlier in a side conversation that therapy is a great thing. It really, it, not everybody's excited about therapy because they don't have a degree in psychology. I mean, obviously someone that's, that's going to be or- really fun for them. They haven't been through it before and they don't know how amazing it could be. Right. It's very helpful, especially when you don't know your starting point. You're like, I don't, I, we, I just, I don't even know how to start this conversation. We don't know how to even start the conversation. 
Therapy is a great way. There's people that get paid to do that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a great thing. A great, great thing. One little thing that you could do on your own just to start talking about those, the, having those conversations with your partner, be really upfront. Be like, hey, I miss talking to you. I really want to know what's going on. How are you doing? And just be there to listen. And one of my best things, because something that one of my friends reminds me of, because she has a problem with this, is she's like, you have two ears and one mouth. Use it appropriately. Should be listening twice as much. (laughs) Yes. So when you're listening to someone else, it's not like, oh yeah, this for me too. Oh yeah, this for me too. And like changing the conversation directly back on you, because I tend to do that. I do. And I'm very aware of it. So when my husband's talking with me, I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds like, and I try to summarize it, the conversation, but think of it like a headline in a newspaper is somebody's talking to you about everything. And so what would the headline be? So in this conversation right now, like I just told you about going on a date with your partner, Bree told you about therapy. So like the headline would be, so what I'm hearing is that I need to go on a date with my partner and therapy is a really good thing. And you're just kind of summarizing it. Now, that's not the most enticing headline in the world in terms of like copy editing, but it doesn't need to be. (laughs) It just needs to show the conversation. So those are two things you can do going into this holiday season. I'm going to say it again. Go on a date. Schedule it right now. Schedule it for this weekend. Go and just relax without the children because that's when things are going to come out. And that's when you can discuss all of this holiday stuff that's on the horizon. And we're really going to get into those family dynamics to talk about in your conversation right after this. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. Okay, so let's talk about handling these family expectations as a united front, because we already talked about how if your spouse doesn't have boundaries with their parents, that's an issue right there. And that's actually an issue that is best dealt with in therapy. <laughs> but that's a big one. It's a big issue. And I would not expect anyone to handle that issue on their own. Yeah. So just know if those sound familiar, 
you might want to look at some couples therapy and go into it being like, I just want us to communicate better. Right. And that's the other thing too. I think that's important is that any kind of therapy is not a bad thing for starters. Let's just start with that. Let's just take that back. The whole idea that mental health is something that we shouldn't talk about and that therapy isn't a great thing because it really is. It really is. But the second thing I want to take off about this is that as soon as you tell somebody, oh, we're, we're doing couples therapy or we're doing family therapy, it's like, oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, what's wrong? Sometimes there isn't really anything wrong. It's just a matter of we want to have somebody help us out a little bit more. So we're going to work on this. So like I would, because I know that like whatever I would say to anybody in my family, like, oh, we can't do this such and such that night. We have, we have family therapy. And they're like, oh no, what's wrong? Therapy has such (laughs) a bad rap. It really does. And like, honestly, therapy is the best thing in the world, I feel. So we talked about therapy and how awesome therapy is. And I, we could keep going on that. And I think maybe I smell another podcast episode to normalize that for sure. But let's talk about also some of the things that can cause that stress when you're getting together with that extended family. What about all those expectations and the pressures that you're dealing with that perhaps you're feeling, but you haven't really identified, right? Like, so like, Before we did this episode, we were like briefly writing down what are some of the things that you deal with that are those expectations when you're doing this extended family get together? Well, one, first of all, what house do you have celebrations at? That can bring up a lot of feelings. That can. And it's also like the what has been done in the past versus do we need to keep doing that or can we switch it up a little bit? Because I feel like we get into these modes during the holidays where it's like tradition and the tradition makes so many people miserable, but they won't speak up because tradition and it, it gets really, really stressful. So when you have a conversation with your partner about this, this is a great thing to bring up if you've noticed some underlying stress. We noticed some underlying stress in our family. Um, so we volunteered, my husband actually volunteered for us to take it this year off of his mom. And there was a little confusion about it, but we're taking it on. And, and we were discussing with my brother and sister-in-law who loved having it at our place because my mother-in-law is kind of far out. Like it's a 30, 40, 45 minute drive. And they're like, yes, we can go there. And then we can get our kids to bed at a certain time. Sounds great. And all of us also don't like going to a place and feeling completely stuffed afterwards um, with all the food. And so just knowing that they felt the same way that we felt because we were on the same page about it, we were able to bring up this conversation with other people. We're going to have a merry tapas Christmas. <laughs> Christmas Eve with all the appetizers. <laughs> you were talking about that last night when we got together to celebrate your birthday. And I was like, that's what we've started because my it's the same in our household. Like my parents were very big on the whole, like, let's have a big formal dinner. And we did it when the kids were littler. And let's just be honest, they didn't take up as much room because they were like four and five. You could cram like six of them in, on one side of a table. Um, but now that we're all adults, not only is it hard to have enough food to feed that many adults, because that's a lot more food, but it also put a lot of stress on my parents and everything. And so the last couple of years, my sisters and I have been doing that same thing. We didn't call it tapas. We just called it appetizer meal. We're like, we'll just all bring appetizers, mom. Don't worry about it. We always bring appetizers. We'll all just have paper plates, fill it when we want to. And it's just very chill. That way, like when I want to sit and talk to you, I can sit and talk to you. I don't have to go sit at the table and then you're at the other end and I can't hear you and we're yelling over everything and just, yeah. Or when you see that 
the person who's always hosting is just completely stressed out and you don't get to enjoy time with them at all. Because they're trying to deal with everything. Yeah. They're trying to deal with everything. And as a side note, when I told my mom about the Mary Tapas Christmas Eve, she's like, what? And I'm like, you know, like tapas, like appetizers. And she's like, oh my gosh, I thought you said topless. I'm like, no, (laughs) mom, we need to have some conversations about what your thoughts are about what I do on the, in my spare time. No, mom, you just have to bring an appetizer and wear a shirt. It's going to be good. (laughs) It was funny though. It was super cute. I love it. (laughs) So, so that brings up some more of those expectations. So like not only what house are we doing uh, our celebrations at, but are we bringing food? And if we are, what kind of food do we have to bring? Are we buying gifts and who are we buying gifts for? And how many do we have to have? And was there a limit and all of that? Plus you also hit a great one too. That was always an issue in my household when my kids were younger. It's, It's not so much now that they're teens. But when they were younger, it was also a matter of time scheduling. And you said the same thing when we were littler. Well, first of all, my whole family, they all love this one particular part of the East Valley here in Phoenix, and they all live within a mile of each other. And I was always the bad child because I lived like 20, 25 minutes away. So when we were planning parties and get togethers and stuff, like for them, it was no big deal to hop in the car and drive for at most five minutes to get their kids home and in bed. Me, I had a half hour trek to get him home and then unload the car with all the stuff and everything. So the time scheduling is another expectation you might be juggling of like, we have to work around naps. Do we have to work around work schedules? You know, what do we need to be done by a certain time so we can go to a, go to a service or maybe like to get our kids home and in bed. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stress to be taking on. And it's a lot of stress to be taking on by yourself. Uh Uh-huh. It's great things to talk with your partner about seeing what you can totally delegate to them and what you can step back from. And again, go back and watch the episode, like listen to the episode we did before this one, because we talk about how boundaries, you want to like say what you're not going to do and then you end up doing it anyway. So make sure you go listen to that with this conversation. Stand strong, mom. Stand strong. Stand strong. And that's something you're going to need to be aware of that it's a totally normal thing to want to do. Right. And you want to have this conversation. And the last bit of advice I'm going to throw out on this one is you want to have this conversation before the event. (laughs) When you're already there, that is not the time to start discussing what you should have done differently. Yeah. No, no, no. No. That doesn't, that doesn't help at that moment. And another (laughs) little warning out there is I know, I know the type of person you are and you want to get this perfect. You want to get this conversation with your partner. Perfect. We listed too many things here for an initial conversation. So what I want you to do is like, it's a win if you bring up one of these things and decide how you're going to handle one of these things. So focus on that. Don't focus on doing it all. Just one of these things will make your holidays a bit better, less stressful, and be on the same page when it comes to family expectations and dynamics. And we could go into a whole thing about more family expectations and dynamics because that's a big subject. <sighs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So remember, the best mom is a happy mom. Take care of you. And we will talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. If 
you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.